0: Walking through the city, lots of car noises all around me. Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel, where future Nobel laureate, Pulitzer Prize winning mega author Keith McNally tells you about his journey to write his first novel. How quaint, right, to go back to these days. Imagine if uh, Beatrix Potter had had a podcast. I remember when I first showed the rabbit that I named Peter. Etc. So uh, I had a little segment I was going to put in today. Where yesterday when I was recording, I got off on this whole rant when I was talking about uh, where I got the idea for this book about... Uh, culture shock I felt while traveling. And it, man, it just, it was like, here's all the dumb shit that Americans do. And here's all the dumb shit that Dutch people do. <laughs> I, it was one of those things where as soon as I finished recording, I was just, there's that little feeling in the pit of my stomach where I'm like, uh, what am I? Fucking 15 years old? Like it just didn't feel good. Usually it feels good to, uh, yammer about writing. But I guess it's because that wasn't about writing, that was about just being a dumb dick. And I think that's actually a very interesting topic. The, uh, the idea that, you know, every character that you write has to come from you. And, uh, you know, you can observe the world, you can think about what stuff must be like for other people. But ultimately, the greatest lab, the greatest, the greatest little laboratory that you have is yourself. That's where you can go in and observe weird things and gather material to use in writing. So I think I'll save that for, you know, whenever, next week or something. No hurry. But I think that's a really interesting idea is that even if you're less than a full fan of yourself, (laughs) as I assume everyone feels at one time or another, that's still handy. That's like useful as long as you don't be that person. You know, if you just sometimes flirt with being that person, (laughs) you know, there's no better way to write an asshole than to be an asshole. And it's like that Zen thing, you know, where it's like, don't be your thoughts, just observe your thoughts. Just like that. Embrace your multiple personalities. Don't be them, but observe them. Learn from them, etc. So yeah, I'll get into that later, but uh, got to do some fucking writing today. I've been uh, just been spending too much time on this podcast, you know, I'm getting it off the ground, getting this thing established. And as long as it's just a little piece, if I'm like walking to a coffee shop and I record the podcast, we're all good. Yesterday I spent like two hours recording shit. It's like too much. Far too much time spent on this podcast that nobody asked for. But again, I think we'll be... For the the people that find it early, it might be kind of neat. Then later on down the road, I think it might be kind of cool to look back on. Either way, either I'll become a writer that someone fucking gave money to, or I'll fail and it'll still be instructive in a reverse way of like, well, don't do what this guy did. This guy fucked up. Man, I should really keep uh, recording these things in the fucking mountain trails because there's just too many people around. All right, so what I did yesterday. So as I described yesterday, I uh, was caught on this conversation because it was branching off into way too many areas. So I did do basically what I postulated yesterday that I would. Of all the different little talking stems, the one that I did add in is about Surratt referencing like, hey buddy, I didn't see you yesterday because she was like playing hide and seek with him kind of thing. So I went back and added that in because that really was the whole point of why they were talking in the first place. And then after that, it's like, okay, good enough. Take all the rest of these ideas return them to the slush pile and then I saw that I actually also had, before I started writing the chapter, when I just uh, lined up a bunch of notes for myself of like maybe these will be useful, there's like six or eight more things they could talk about that I had at the ready just in case. So I took all those, put them back into my general population as well and I decided to bring this chapter in for a landing with uh, the idea that Qualem. Wants to leave. He doesn't like being in the building. If this doesn't make sense, go listen to yesterday. Can't fucking explain this whole book every goddamn day. <laughs> I really am around too many people to be yelling into my recorder. But then, so even though, again, my uh, standard procedure is to not do too much work per day because I want each step, each beat to be proper. So it's like, okay, so I could just have him jet, just say, hey, I don't, can we get out of here? And to be somewhat contrary, Surratt could say, like, nah, I like it here. What's wrong with here? Let's stay here. And you he could be like, hey, well, whatever, I'm going. End of chapter. But obviously that's a little bland. That's, that's where I just decided, like, okay, park it for today. That's where I guess, like, maybe this writer's block thing comes in for people. Maybe that's where they would have just stared. Just sat and stared and like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I I don't know, man. What's the why would you do that to yourself? What's the point? What's the hurry? <laughs> you know, go work on some other writing. Like I feel like if you want to be more productive, you could work on multiple things. There are days when I get around to working on a second or even a third project just as long as This primary one that I'm working on now, as long as I do some work on that one, then it's okay to uh, do some other stuff. I do think that maybe in the future, as I build up my writing powers, that'll be the way I'll get more work done. It's just to work on more different things. But the amount that I will ever get done per day on a story, it's always gonna be small because, because I want it to be good. There's no point in writing if it's not going to be good. Like if you're writing to a deadline, if you're writing just to fill space, if you're writing to pay your mortgage, stop it. (laughs) Go get a job making buildings or something. If you want to do rote work, get a rote job. Writing deserves better. An audience deserves better. You deserve better. If you're just writing something that's not quite all there, fucking quit it. Stop it! There's too many books already. We don't need your book. We don't need your boring book. So yeah, I just had that twinge in the back of my head, that feeling of like, okay, I could end the chapter here, but that's just, it's just not all there. And I don't quite know what it is that it's missing, what it is I feel like should go in. It's just just the sense that it's not good enough. And again, I feel like if you just stare until you start to bleed blood, I don't know, man, maybe you get results that way. I sure don't. It's better just to wait till tomorrow. Because again, what's the hurry? I don't know. Would you rather write a good book or a bad book? I'd rather write one good book than 20 shitty ones. That's just me. If you really are in a hurry, if you've only got eight months to live, Maybe just don't write a book at all. Go hug your loved ones, you know? Like, I just don't think that there's any reason or any excuse to crank out shitty writing. But I've been contracted to write the novelization of Pacific Rim 2. I have a deadline. Like, fuck off. Why are you even a writer? Why'd you even get into this? So you could write bullshit, you fuck? Fuck you. So yeah, I rested on that and was like, let's just see what I think tomorrow when I wake up. So today, I was in the shower, I was just kind of thinking about it, but not thinking about it too hard. It's, It's a lot better, I find, to let your subconscious kind of, the actual work part will be when you're sitting down and writing. The other times I think it's best just to let things percolate in the back of your mind. Let that different part, that less conscious part of your mind, tool things out and figure things out because that's really all this is every day it's just a puzzle. Every day you're confronting yourself with a wildly abstract puzzle and it is your job to unravel the knot, untie the knot, figure this shit out or chop the knot in half as it may be. And I think that is what because I've described how uh, I think it's important to set yourself up for success, to give yourself as much power, as much backup, as much, put, you know, stack the deck on your side as much as you can and even still only expect a very small amount of yourself each day. Really min-max it. Bring massive amounts of force to a tiny amount of work Because the difficulty of what you're trying to do is basically infinite. It doesn't matter how much power you bring and how little you're trying to accomplish each day. You're still staring into the void. You're still just like hanging off the edge of the cliff. Because every day you're stuck and every day you've got to figure out what happens next. Every day you've got to face this abstract puzzle and every day you don't know what to do. Every day, you're absolutely stymied by something. And the potential answers are infinite. You've really got to marshal everything you've got as a fucking conscious human brain to figure this shit out. Every single day. Forever. That's what you're doing. That's what a writer is. And if you're not doing that, if you're just writing, oh, I guess this could go to this and this could go to that, and you're just kind of rehashing, regurgitating, it's gonna just be bad and pointless. So that is the situation I found myself in of, again, just so abstract. It's just like, okay, I'm gonna have this character leave the building because they have bad associations with this building. But that's just not quite right. That's just not enough. So then I was thinking, okay, maybe I need to telescope things out a little more Maybe I need to understand more, even if I don't express it. Maybe I need to understand more for myself exactly what the process is of... Because this building, it's a school where they teach people how to interface with the computer system. And the computer system is not sentient, but semi-alive, semi-aware. You don't just control the computer, it's like you and the computer control each other. And this guy, Qualum, hated that. He found it so unpleasant. So then that gave me an idea for another little wrinkle in his character. Maybe he tries to avoid using the computer. It's like how I don't have a data plan on my phone. There's still wi-fi everywhere. I can still go to a coffee shop and log on to the internet if I have to. But it's not just there, because I don't like how it affects my day. I don't like how it affects my productivity. I don't like how it affects my brain. I don't like having that option to just go on Wikipedia anytime or just to check my Twitter over and over. I don't want the stress. I don't want that in my life, so I just don't have it. And it's still in my life to an absurd degree. But at least I have this levee up so that it's not Just, I'm not just drowning in the data well. So I was like, okay, Qualum can be like that. Clearly I I can write a character like that. I got that particular chip on my shoulder. And then as I was puzzling it out some more, I'm like, maybe I'm overthinking this though. Like, Qualum doesn't need to describe all these things or explain all this stuff. This, This can be subtext, maybe it'll come up later. But what if I take this opportunity to just kind of make a joke? Because there's already so many weird... You know, the chick's name is Sarat. She's a Therium. His name is Qualum. He's a Nadarian. They're aboard this starship Tessima Volkurna. <laughs> you know, it's all this sci-fi horseshit names, you know? Like I'm trying not to go too heavy on it. I want it to be few enough alien words that they're easy to remember and they're not, you know, excessively complex. But I was trying to come up with a name for this computer system. And I was just, uh, cause I love the game Star Control 2. As far as aliens talking to each other, it doesn't get better than that. It's like, it's a comedy game, but it's so good. And I was just going through the Star Control Wiki, seeing what I could find for weird names. Cause I like the idea that if someone Googles, this name that I used. I want something that only is in Star Control. So the only result that'll come up is Star Control 2. (laughs) Just so people know for sure that I am referencing Star Control 2 and I'm giving the, basically the subtle nod of like, maybe you should play Star Control 2. So there's this one, it's hyper obscure. I'd never heard this before. I would never have associated it with Star Control. I would never have remembered it and no one else will either, unless they google it. The people who made Star Control probably don't remember this, but it's just this one reference in a data file of like, a planet that got colonized, and the colony people had different foods that they ate, and one of them was a plant called a camulon. I'm like well that's a kind of a cool name and that's definitely leads back to star control so I thought well why don't I call the computer system that all of this stuff is subject to change but I feel like it's pretty that's a pretty good one I think that's gonna stay so maybe because Surratt has already been uh, Dealing with being on this ship and learning the weird names for things and dealing with her universal translator and not being able to read stuff and just getting fed up with this alien shit. And on a meta level, it's really annoying when a sci fi story, you know, is heavy with this type of stuff because it's like pointless detail, you know? It's just silly names for the sake of silly names. So maybe I can have. Qualum say, hey, can we get the fuck out of here? I don't like this building. And she could say, well, what, what is this building? You never told me what this building is. And he could just say like, this is where we learn to interface with the Akamulon. And just a beat, just a staring at him and just be like, all right, fuck off, you know, fuck off. I'm, I don't need to hear any more about this. I don't need to learn any more names. I don't care. So I was like, all right, that's cool. I like that. That's a, that's a good little beat. But then, that brings us to today's staring into the maw, hanging over the edge of oblivion. Because then what? Now, uh, because that changes the, uh, just the flow a little bit. Because her saying, okay, don't tell me about the Ecomulon. I don't care, I don't want to know. Is not as uh, direct a, I want to stay here thing anymore. Because She didn't really anyway, She's just being Obtuse. So now, does Quaylem leave on his own? And if so, how do I get to that? Does Surat agree? Like, okay, whatever, don't tell me about it. Let's just, fine, let's leave. Then if so, does she split off from him at that point? Or does she agree to stay with him? That seems kind of like the one that would kind of make sense just in the casual flow of them talking. Like, okay, whatever, fine. They're already together. He's got to go do something. She has nothing else to do. Maybe she would keep hanging out with him. And I guess the the only resistance I feel there is that I was all set to wrap this chapter up. And be like, ah, chapter 12 done. One more chapter in the books. But now it's like, oh no, maybe it will continue. Maybe it will continue into a gaping maw where I have no fucking idea what's going to happen next. Again. (laughs) So that's where I'm at today. This is actually, I mean, it's kind of a weird idea for a podcast. I think the kind of more useful parts will be when I talk about the, like yesterday, when I talked about the distinct nuts and bolts of how I work on a story and how I put it together. Talking about these moment to moment, endless moment to moment dissection of the story itself is so just granular and so pointless. (laughs) You know, and so barely even related to what the actual book will be in the end. I don't know necessarily how useful or valuable that is besides maybe just, again, just knowing that someone else is struggling, just hearing someone else on the grind, man, so that you can be aided in your own through the transitive property of work stare, which is the process of seeing someone else work, which I just invented. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see as this fucking show goes on, what happens. And for today's Zen song, the song that I suggest you Zen out to, And let your mind drift on the sweet, sweet sounds and see if it gives you cool ideas for cool writing. Since we're talking about outer space and whatnot, let's listen to the song Wild Frontier by The Prodigy, specifically the Kill Sonic remix. This song just, man, big time makes me think of space adventure of just like it's got this awesome tone of just like let's get in a fucking rocket ship and let's Buck rogers our way around the fucking galaxy kick the shit out of some fucking weird space villains or go gambling in a space casino or do something with the term space preceding it so here is wild frontier by the prodigy see you tomorrow